The Bills have been knocking on the door the last two years. Josh Allen is now developed into arguably the best quarterback in football. This could be the year. It's, it's week eight. It's too early for this. But I can't help. Like coming out of the bye, just looking at the rest of the league from like the bird's eye view, I'm thinking Super Bowl for the Bills. It's like, if not now, when? This is like, it's there for the taking. Resetting some thoughts on the Bills and where they stand in the AFC and in the NFL in general coming out of their bye week. We'll also have some takes on the trade deadline that's coming up. And of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, all that coming up later in the program. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the bye week out there in Bills Mafia. And uh, Nick, I hope you enjoyed the bye week as well. You were out in New Orleans for a wedding, right? How was your weekend? Oh, it was uh, Bourbon Street one, Nick zero. Are you hurting? Uh, are but, you hurting, Nick? How are you doing? Uh, it's Tuesday, so we're on the we're on the flight back up. I think Ryan. It's but, Wednesday. You know, there, it's Wednesday. There, Nick. Are, uh, there, okay. So now I'm still down. Uh, yeah, sorry. We usually talk on Tuesday, but after a few after a few delayed flights, you know what I mean. You kind of like uh, lose track of the uh, the uh, time that the no time of day it is, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, great, great, uh, great time in New Orleans at uh, my buddy Chris and uh, his now wife Cat's uh, wedding, and um, yeah, uh, you know, I bet on the Saints on Thursday. They let me down, but uh, LSU came through on Saturday. So really, on all fronts, a, a good time. Yeah, how was Bourbon Street on Thursday night when the Saints were playing a Thursday night football game? Was, was that as was that everything you dreamed of that we had talked about that last week? Yeah, very cool. A lot of, I mean, of course, a lot of Saints jerseys. For no, I mean, anyone who's working or playing music or something like that between Frenchman and Bourbon on Thursday was just all Saints, 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 Saints everywhere. And uh, yeah, really, really cool environment. So uh, you know, well, I, well, I didn't like I said, I bet on the Saints last week, but uh, they did let me down. But I still, you know, I said I'm in New Orleans. I'm not betting on anyone else on Thursday. So yeah, exactly. You know, I paid for it. Whatever. <laughs> Par for the course with our bets. Par for the course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll get right back on that horse and bet Bills Packers later in the program. You could definitely, you know, you can you could count on that. Uh, that voice you were just hearing is Nick Wotton, of course. He, he is the uh, managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Subscribe to the podcast if you could and haven't already. You can find this show on Spotify or Apple, whatever works best for you. We appreciate it. And, and Nick, we're coming out of the bye week here. So let's dive right in and just, you know, I kind of like to just reset the stage, like reset where we're at coming out of the bye. Now we're going into the stretch run of the season. And I kind of, it just kind of goes off of a little bit what we talked about last week. Like, I just feel like coming out of the bye, the Bills should kind of be salivating at the sorry state of the NFL. Like, let's start with the AFC, right? Just looking at the AFC standing, the, the, the picture of where we're at right now going into week eight. The Bills have already beaten the other division leaders, right? Baltimore, Kansas City, and Tennessee. They've got wins over those three teams. And I'm trying to figure out who else is even good. Who else is even scary? The Bengals are a team I could see making another run. That probably looks like the toughest game left on Buffalo's schedule at Cincinnati in Week 17. We had stuff on that last week. Like the 5-2 and two Jets, no, I'm not sold on the Jets, right? The Dolphins, if you want to make an argument for them, you know, Tua was out. The Dolphins did beat the Bills this year. Now Tua is back. Okay, maybe, maybe I could give you the Dolphins. The Chargers with Justin Herbert, I think he's a great quarterback, but they got a bad coach, and and they they've been kind of, they've been kind of ugly. So aside from the Bengals and the teams the Bills have already seen, like who else is in the in the Bills tier in the AFC right now? Like what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean the two names you said of those Ryan, I would probably would go with the definitely the Bengals. You know, we talked about my game by game predictions, maybe a little bit later. And um, yes, we got to get into that. Know, I, 
I still have a thing about the characters, you know. I, I mean, you know, both has been out, but and they still got Cleo Mack. It's just, if Casey Jackson can get his stuff together, man, like like they have the pieces, but it just hasn't come together yet. So that's kind of a team I'm looking at, um, just in terms of the AFC altogether. And uh, I mean, you you look at just other teams that coming into the year, you go Broncos, and it's like, you know, their season has just turned into a Russell Wilson meme, <laughs> and then uh, they're terrible. Yeah, Colts. Uh, you got the Colts now, who they're just are like that. All right, Matt Ryan, he's done. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, you, you, I don't want to use the word wide open unless I'm talking about in the sense of the Bills, but it kind of did seem like a little bit of a wide open AFC this year. You got, you know, Pat Mahomes. You got, you know, a lot of good teams setting up nice, a lot of firepower in the AFC, and it just, you know, I mean, Again, it's the NFL, it's a week-to-week league. I, I always truly believe that. And I always bring up the Bills losing to the friggin' Urban Meyer Jaguars last year. Somehow that happened, folks. And, uh, you know, things can change. But right now, I mean, coming out of the bye, you know, the Bills getting a little healthier. And, again, uh, it, it just seems like the Bills world in the AFC. Am I right? No, I mean, because of the teams you've already beaten, again, Baltimore, Kansas City, Tennessee. Now, you'll probably see those teams again down the road in the playoffs, obviously. But... I just think because of those three teams and then like the rest of the AFC, the state of the AFC, I think the Bills are in a tier by themselves. And then when you look at the football being played in the NFC right now, Nick, it kind of makes this even like kind of wild, even more wild because the, the football in the NFC has been horrendous. I guess there's, aside from the NFC East, right? We always called them the NFC least, right? They've always had just terrible records. Well, no, out of nowhere, teams in the NFC East have a combined 20 and seven record, right? The Eagles undefeated the Giants are somehow six and one the Cowboys should be good with Dak Prescott back and and they have a dominant defense I think they're five and two right so the NFC East is like good all of a sudden the NFC North has one winning team the Vikings who the Bills will see later on the the Packers along with the Bears Alliance there they've all been kind of terrible this year we'll get to the Packers here coming up all three of those teams are under 500 the NFC South has no winning teams right now The, the Bucks have been a complete disaster the poor Saints Nick they're two and five as you as you learned on Thursday night, and the NFC West really, really sad, really yeah, sad. sad. Poor, poor, Saints. poor Saints fans, and the NFC West is typically dominant, right? You got the Super Bowl champion Rams, you got the Forty ers They're a perennial contender. No, no, no. Seattle, the Seahawks, the team we all thought would suck after trading away Russell Wilson, they lead that division at four and three. So you look at the landscape of the NFL, including the AFC and the NFC, and it's like it's kind of lined up on paper, right? I mean, as you're saying, like. We saw weird things happen with the Bills. I'm kind of hoping that they learn their lesson. They're not going to let that happen again, like the 9-6 to six loss to the Jaguars and some of that other crap that happened last year. On paper, though, this is the year, man. This It's all setting up perfectly. The Bills are kind of in a tier on their own. In the AFC, I guess you, can, you could argue that Philly's there with them in the NFC, but, man, it's lined up for them to make a run and go get a ring, like, now, right? Like, you look at their schedule, 14, 15, it's got 14, 15 wins written all over it, Nick. And I just think the, the, the state of the league right now is like sad and the bills are, are not, the bills are good. So, and uh, you know, Ryan, we both made some great points there. Neither of us even mentioned that Travis white, they might get even better. Yeah, exactly. The defense might get even better. It will. So it will. Yeah. yeah. It will undoubtedly get better when you have Travis white back in there. The bills are going to get freaking better. And we're already talking about him like this. Yeah, I, I'm seeing 14, 15 wins. And I do love that on Bill's Wire, Nick, you tease this. Um, 
You do have the Bills losing two more games here this season and finishing 14 and three. I'm sure Bills Mafia is very upset that you didn't pick 16 and one. And I, I do love that in the article, you had to justify your pick of 14 and three being like, hey, guys, guys, 14 and three is not that bad. <laughs> 14 and three is not that bad. But you yeah, went through the, the point, exercise the and you came up with 14, 14. wins. Yeah, yeah, the point was 14 wins. And I said, you guys remember who won the AFC last year? It was the Titans with 12 wins. So I'm just saying they're going to be, you know, two games better than that. They're still really good. Don't shoot the messenger, but go, go on. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to let you talk. Like you picked, you picked the Bills to win every game remaining on their schedule. You have them splitting with the Patriots, however, uh, losing the game in Foxborough, and you have them losing the Week 17 game uh, at Cincinnati, which I agree looks like the toughest one by far. Uh, you still, you still have the Bills splitting with the Patriots after Monday night. That debacle with the Bears, though, Nick. What do you think? So, I mean, yeah, we'll go low-hanging fruit. Bengals, I think they're going to be a good team again. I mean, they played the Super Bowl last year. We got into that uh, a lot last week, Ryan. You know, they they were there for a reason. They, they're good, and I think uh, a lot of their successes early are essentially, you know, up and down play has gone on with uh, their offensive line. This brand-new revamped group, and we hear it all the time in the NFL that you just need you just need rust to, uh, to, to get better as an offensive line, to gel is the word they always use. Patriots, so you know it, it is, it is, it is an interesting one. I, 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 I you know, I'll give you that one. The, the path to just lost to the Bears are going to beat the Bills, but again, I'll throw the Urban Meyer Jags beat the Bills last year. So things can happen. And the reason I was looking at that was a, it's in Foxborough. Bill Belichick, you know, I think he's, I think you can debate a little bit the whole Brady thing. Is he the only reason for their success? He's still a good defensive coach. Um, you know, he can maybe scheme something up to hold down, uh, hold down Josh Allen a little bit at least, or at least make it a close game. And that week itself, that's a Thursday night game, uh, it, it, Thursday night football at the Patriots. The week before, that comes right after Thanksgiving, so the Bills are playing on Thursday and Thursday. So it's kind of like a goofy little schedule there, that's, right? I mean, it's it, a yeah, week. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It is a week, so I'm like, ah, you know, do I think they're going to lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving? No, <laughs> you know, hell no, then, hell no. The lines are horrible. No. I know. I don't want to say hell no to the lines. We get disrespectful, but hell no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's that's just a little little area I'm looking at. I'm like, well, it's a little goofy, and you know, and the Bills will probably say, oh no, it's still just a week. You know, it's straightforward week, and you know, maybe maybe the the lines will be the tougher one on the short week. But it's so it's so hard. Teams don't go undefeated in the NFL. They lose these random games that happen. And that's just the one I happen to pick. So there's my justification. It's just my random selection of who the Bills are going to lose to in their next, you know, more than half a season left. How dare you, Nick? I'm with Bills Mafia. How dare you? You, know, you better apologize for picking 14 <laughs> and three. I'm going to go with one more loss. I The Bills, they're kind of, they feel like the 2004 Patriots to me. And uh, you know I'm a Patriots fan. You know, so that's why I, it, it pained me to bring up that Patriots-Bears came from Monday night because that was a debacle. Uh but I do remember this team the Patriots had in 2004 where they were clearly the best team in football. And I think the Bills are clearly the best team in football right now. And the Patriots, they just went through their schedule, just you know, blowing people out. They won some close games. They won some blowouts. They were 10-1. and one. They were 12-1 and one going into Week 15. And then they lost this weird random game to a bad Dolphins team, 29-28. And they ended up finishing the year 14-2. and two. And but they went on to win the Super Bowl because they were just better than everybody else. That was the, the Donovan McNabb Eagles game where the Patriots won in 2004. I think this is that kind of year for the Bills. Uh, I mean, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl ever. 
Uh, but I feel like they're the best team in football. I'll give you one loss. I don't know where it's going to come. Maybe Cincinnati, maybe the Patriots, maybe something random that we're not, we're not, you know, expecting. Uh, I got him. I got him with 15 wins and I just look, I mean, the bills have been knocking on the door the last two years. Josh Allen is now developed into arguably the best quarterback in football. This could be the year. It's, it's week eight. It's too early for this, but I can't help like coming out of the bye, just looking at the rest of the league from like the bird's eye view. I'm thinking Super Bowl for the Bills. It's like, if not now, when? This is like, it's there for the taking. You know what I mean? So my expectations for this team, sky high. And, and I got one more loss, 15 and two for the Bills. So take that, Nick. They're not losing to the Patriots twice. Hell no. Or they're not losing to the, pa- they're not losing to the Patriots. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a controversial pick. I'll give you guys that. But uh, yeah, I just felt like I had to throw somewhere else. There's a long NFL season. Yes, you're searching for losses. Let's be honest. You're searching for another loss I am, in there. I am, search, I am searching for I mean, I just feel like 14-3 is still such a good record. And you can still, I mean, no shame in, you know, losing to maybe the greatest coach of all time, or at least the guy in that argument. So, uh, you know, sorry. I know people hate to hear that, but <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, at least you guys can hang your hat on. You know, the Bills undoubtedly have the better quarterback situation going on as we speak. After Mac Jones played like a little bit and then like just didn't play, and yeah, so, <laughs> so okay. like, at least like, okay. I will I will opt that easily that the Bills have a better better quarterback situation. Sorry, Ryan. Don't get me started and don't open that wound, Nick. Okay, so we got a lot lots more to get to on the show talking about the Bills, where they're at, uh, and, and what to expect against. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, a double-digit underdog for the first time in his career. We'll talk about that right after we set our fantasy lineups. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number eight. New Orleans Saints quarterback Andy Dalton versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Fresh off a 361-yard, four-touchdown performance in which he also threw three costly picks, Dalton appears poised to start ahead of the still-injured Jameis Winston. Las Vegas has given up the most fantasy points to the position, and every starting quarterback has gone for at least 23 fantasy points against this defense in 2022. In the last three weeks alone, this matchup is 46.7% better than the league average. While expecting anything close to a replication of last week's showing is unwise, Dalton has a chance to get his top two wide receivers back on the field, and should be good for at least 275 yards and a pair of touchdown strikes, which is more than enough fantasy success to justify a streaming play. Miami Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert at the Detroit Lions. Mostert has gone for 10 or more PPR points in three of the last four games, and he set a season-high mark with 20.9 points last week. The former 49ers dominated this backfield work of late, and he faces a cupcake matchup. Ride the hot hand and lock Mostert in for a minimum of RB2 expectations. Detroit has given up the fourth most fantasy points per game in the last five weeks, regardless of whether receptions are included. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bateman returned last week from a foot injury to log four grabs for 42 yards and five targets. It appears he came out of this game no worse for wear and will face a Tampa defense that is fighting through injuries of its own in the secondary. Eight receivers have made it into double figures in PPR scoring against the Bucs, and two of the three best performances have come in the last two weeks. Look for Bateman to get back on track. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith versus the Arizona Cardinals. Coming off a bye, Smith looks to make it consecutive games with a touchdown grab. And Arizona's feeble defense of the position will make it a reasonable bet to come to fruition. While Smith scored in week six, he logged four catches for an impressively low seven yards. He has no more than five catches for 42 in any outing this year, which should help illustrate his riskiness. Roll the dice on the matchup itself. This is a top eight opponent for receptions, yardage, and touchdown efficiency by tight ends in the last five weeks. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle. 
Com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. one 1- 800 in Colorado. All right, we're back. It's our questions of the week for Nick. Three questions uh, that I just kind of come up with and throw at you, Nick. And here's number one. Uh, give me your Bills X factor for the second half of the season, right? Maybe one player who doesn't get a ton of pub or chatter. So let's not talk Von Miller. Let's not talk Josh Allen, right? Or Steph Diggs or something like this. But give me one player, not a ton of pub or chatter, but will be essential to the team's success, in your opinion, in the second half of the year here? Yeah, if we're going to go, you know, beneath the surface, I think the uh, easiest place to go in is the trenches. So I'll go offensive line, and I'll go, I'll give you two. They're, you know, one and the same. I'll go either Mitch Morse or Ryan Bates, the center or right guard. Uh, you know, similarly, I said, you know, the Bengals, their offensive line got to gel. A lot of these Bills guys have played together, right? But Roger Saffel, new guy at left guard. I mean, PFF hates him right now. I think he's like the worst offensive lineman of all time. It seems. <laughs> but um, but um, to the Bills' credit, the last two games, their offensive line has played better for sure. Um, you know, the Steelers didn't have um, J.J. Watt. Uh, T.J. Watt, sorry, wrong Watt brother. Um, but still had Highsmith, still had Cam Hayward. You know, they, they played good against them. Played good against the Chiefs again. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I guess I guess my point is for Mitch Moore, he's the leader in there. He's the veteran center. Get your boys on the same page. Gel them together as much as you can. Then if we're looking at Ryan Bates, he's not new, but he was playing left guard last year, if I'm not mistaken, and it just seems like he's not playing up to what we saw a year ago. Simply, I think, because he's not in between and all, uh, pro bowlers and Mitch Morse. He's, he's just adjusting to the other side of the line. Now you're playing in between Spencer Brown and, again, Mitch Morse. But Spencer Brown's a lot, lot younger and experienced guy than Deion Dawkins, less proven. So I think Ryan Bates is taking a little bit of time to kind of gel into that role. And hopefully that'll happen going forward because if this Bills offensive line keeps, you know, making holes for Devin Singletary like it did, you know, uh, the last couple weeks, I mean, God willing, the Bills might not. I might, they might make my 14-3 and three prediction look like the dumbest one of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's, that's a real football guy take. Like, let me give you some offensive linemen, right? Like, I thought you could have gone, could have gone like Tremaine Edmonds. I thought he kind of balled out in some of the Bills' biggest yeah, games, yeah. right? Rams game. He was good in the Ravens game. Really good in the Chiefs game, right? A healthy Tremaine Edmonds. Huge for this defense. But no, Nick, you're going offensive line for the X Factor. I love that. I love that. Who really... What fans really are paying attention to the offensive line until you're maybe like watching the game back later and being like, oh, he screwed up there. Oh, he missed. The, he gave up that pressure. He gave up that sack, right? That's a, it's kind of hard to follow along during the game for that. So I like it, man. That's a, that's a football guy kind of take. Good for you. You are big, a professional. Big football guy energy over here. You, right are, you are a professional, and I want to see your pr- professional opinion on question number two. Uh, Doug Ferrar, our friend over at Touchdown Wire named Zach Boss, as the most likely Buffalo Bill to be dealt at the trade deadline. And I've, I've seen some stuff cooked up, Nick, over the bye week. Like ESPN actually cooked one up that sends uh, Zach Moss and a seventh-round pick to the Giants for Saquon Barkley in a second. So 
that sounds kind of appetizing, right? The six and one Giants are to get rid of their best player, send Saquon Barkley over to the Bills. <laughs> yeah, very bold. I love it. I love it. But you know, CMC Christian McCaffrey now out in San Francisco. No, thank you with the price the 49ers paid, Nick. I think you might agree with me there. I don't think Brandon Bean would have ever did that. Um, but, you know, I've heard Antonio Gibson's name thrown out there in rumors, right? I think Washington's, they seem pretty committed to, to making rookie Brian Robinson Jr. They're running back one. So there is still speculation that the Bills could go out there and try to add a running back. That seems to be everybody's favorite move for them at the deadline. But let me spin this question a different way because we've asked it before. So let me spin it a different way. Do the Bills need to make a move, right? Like, I think at the beginning of the year, we talked about the Bills should be like the Rams. They should go make a big move at the deadline. You know, the Rams added Vaughn Miller at the deadline last year, went and won the Super Bowl. The Bills should do something like that. Make a make a big splash at the deadline to push them over the hump. But going along with what we were just kind of saying in the previous segment, do they even need to? Do they need to give up draft capital to improve this roster? Or are they good enough right now to go take advantage of like what is a sorry, sorry state in the NFL across the board? Um, I don't think they need to do anything per se, Ryan. I mean, I think if they do do anything this year, it's going to be we talked, you know, at length about OBJ and, and whatnot. And, and the appealing part about him is, of course, he's not going to cost you anything in terms of draft capital in a trade and moving him to another, moving anything else to another team. You're just going to pay the guy. I think a move like that maybe can come. But also, you know, the Bills did sign Xavier Rhodes. Maybe he's like kind of somewhere you can throw in that little realm. Like maybe he came here, got hurt right away, of course, as the injury bug was going around the Bills locker room at that time. But I think that maybe he's a guy that they'll – maybe if you don't get rid of him and you keep him because, you know, you could do an injury settlement. And at this point, the Bills haven't done that with him. Um, he's still still around. So maybe maybe he's, he's a guy that, that you can consider like, hey, he's our trade deadline ad because he is a veteran. He's – the Bills have always loved the one – there's a couple things that, you know, we um, we uh, we see with the Bills over, over the years of, of, of just – now it's like Tredavious White is the veteran, so it's got a little bit different now. They've always liked, you know, a veteran across from him. You know, maybe ones that don't retire at halftime, they don't like. But, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, I couldn't, couldn't not get Avante Davis take up in there. Yes, but uh, yes. yeah, I, think, I think you're going to see – I think if you do see anything from the, from the Bills, Brian, it's going to be something that's not going to cost them anything. Because at this point, I mean, again, we're starting to see the offensive line look a little bit better right now. Maybe it'll take a step back in a week or two or something like that. But they're starting to look better. Devin Singletary's coming in. I get you do have that option of maybe upgrading Zach Moss or something like that. But I, I just don't really see the need for it at this point. You don't need to have it. So, you know, the question posed, did the Bills need to make a move? I don't, I don't think so at the deadline. But I think if they do, which they very well could, it'll be like a free move and free agency or something like that. Like something the Jets made that move for James Robinson, right? Traded a, a six-round pick that could become a fifth. Even that seems expensive for Brandon Bean right now in the Bills, right? Because why are you going up? Why why are you trying to replace your third-string running back, right? I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I just so I don't think there's any world where Brandon Bean's trading a second, a couple thirds, and like a fifth for a Christian McCaffrey, right? That price that the San Francisco 49ers paid is like. All right, no, thank you. I don't think the Bills will be buying at the deadline if that if that's like what we're, what teams are going to be paying for the top end talent that would start and kind of change things for you and be a big splash. So, yep, I'm with you, Nick. I think that makes perfect sense. And uh, this is kind of a leading question here in question number three. So sorry, I'm cheating a little bit, but bear with me. Uh, uh, number three, Aaron Rodgers thinks playing a football game against the the Bills in Buffalo as a ten and a half point underdog, which we'll get into making our picks here coming up. But he thinks that quote might be the best thing for us. 
Did that does that worry you at all, Nick? Right? Should the Bills be on high alert now with Aaron Rodgers playing the nobody believes in us card? Right? I think Bills fans have probably played that plenty over the last ten years or so. Now Aaron Rodgers is playing it against the Bills. Does that worry you at all? Are you are you worried about the Packers? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, I've bet on them a couple times in the last couple of weeks, and they've been on a three game losing streak. So I'll just bet on them again today. <laughs> again, again, perfect for our, that's that's per, that goes right in line with our record betting wise. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I mean, I can see that spin off. But Aaron Rodgers, he's seen a lot of stuff this week. You know, he's saying guys need to get back. He's saying, you know, uh, he's just saying a lot this week. You know, I don't know if he's thinking it's like. I guess that's the like maybe the most motivational thing. Would you think this thing like Monday? He's like us against the world. The Buffalo Bills are the toughest team on earth. We're going to beat them. No one believes in us. And he's like, yeah, we got to start bankshin players. Like, bro, what? <laughs> True. Like, that's ago, a great point. It's a great point. Two days ago, you were trying to pick a spot, and now you're like, oh no, we had one practice this week, and this ain't it. Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> like, he just like pulled a U-turn real quick, right? Like, just decided like, never mind, never mind. Like, let's start, you know, calling everyone else out. But yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I mean. Yeah, I can see Aaron Rodgers, you know, having having a little bit better games than he's had in the last couple of weeks. Even if Tredavious White is back out there, I don't expect him to hit the ground running, really, you know, from a season-ending injury his first time out there. If he has an interception against, you know, Aaron Rodgers' first game back, potentially, that's not confirmed yet, um, that'd be great. But, uh, yeah, again, I think that Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, trying to say whatever he can and motivate his guys in that, sen- in that sentence, uh, at least. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good luck to him because we've uh, – we we all know that the Green Bay Packers don't do that great in Buffalo. Um, the name that comes to mind is Bakari Rambo. The last time I think that Rogers played in Buffalo, but there's that. You know, he's been the starting QB for the Packers since uh, you know I think when I was in high school, uh, still um, 2008, and uh, he's he's been there for a while. And he even came in his prime all the way to Buffalo. Bakari Rambo, the backup safety, intercepts him multiple times, and the Packers lose in, in Buffalo to the Bills and. Yeah, six and zero all time Buffalo against the Packers at home. You know, a- AFC, NFC, they don't see each other a lot. Of course, the Bills have lost in uh, in, in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Josh Allen's rookie year included, twenty two to zero. But uh, yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of that, I guess that Josh Allen has only played Aaron Rodgers once and he didn't put up anything. I think that's going to be a motivated guy as well. And uh, that's kind of bad news for any other team in the NFL when Josh Allen needs any sort of motivation. Yeah, it's a, it's a different Josh Allen than the one Green Bay saw when he was a rookie, right? What was that, 2018, right, you said? So, yeah, it's a little bit of a different guy, Josh Allen. And hopefully, uh, hopefully a different Aaron, or different Josh Allen than Aaron Rodgers yeah. saw on the, on the golf course this summer, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, <laughs> they are buddies. I feel, I feel like they might be motivated, but Josh Allen might take that motivation out of that, too, right, Ryan? Like, he's like, oh, he got me on the course, I'm going to get him on the gridiron. I can see that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. A little side bet, maybe, just like you would on, on golf, a little side bet, who's going to have more passing yards or whatever. You know, I think, you know, you know, should they be on high alert? Well, the Carolina Panthers did fire their head coach, a bunch of other coaches, trade Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers for a haul of picks like we were talking about. And then beat Tom Brady and the Bucks as double-digit underdogs. So, yeah, I mean, the Bills should should not be taking the Green Bay Packers lightly. I don't think they will. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's it. I, I expect the Bills to win. But I do think that the Bills are going to get Green Bay's best shot. I do. I think Green Bay is going to have a little bit something for them, especially early in the game. We'll get to that take here coming up when we talk about the spread in our official predictions. But first, let's get some betting advice from the Bet Slippin' Podcast. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. 
Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our global sports betting leader, Tipico Sportsbook, out. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users will get a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, 21 plus and see site for the details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All right, let's get into this week eight's game of the week between the Packers and the Bills. The Packers are 11 and a half point underdogs at Buffalo. The Bills are still going to be without Tredavious White. They're probably a strong uh, public play. They sit 16th in opponents completion percentage. Meanwhile, Green Bay was coming into the season, had the PFF's fifth best offensive line, ranks 12th in sack percentage. And while they do give up completions, they rank 22nd in opponent's passer rating. While it may not, well, while it may feel like a risky play, I would back the Packers plus 11 and a half. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick, Aaron Rodgers. He's never been a double-digit underdog in his career, if you can believe that. That was a crazy headline on Bill's Wire I saw this week. And uh, Typico has the Bills at 10.5. I'm not picking the Packers on the money line. Although, you know, plus 360 odds is about as good as you're going to get if you if you like to bet on Aaron Rodgers. But again, Nick, you you have a bad track, track record picking Aaron Rodgers games, right? So you, I know you're staying away from that money line. Uh, this one's kind of right down the middle for me. I do think the Packers are going to... I'm not saying like this is a game that has to save their season because, you know, at three and five, which they'll probably be after they lose to the Bills here on Sunday, like three and five, they're still going to be in it in the NFC. The NFC is that bad. The NFC is that down. So three and five, you're not out of the playoff hunt by any means. So it's not like a must win for Green Bay. But I do think they want to come to Buffalo and kind of prove that they could hang with the best. And I think they're going to have a little bit of something for the Bills, especially early in the game. I would expect Green Bay to come out firing. I would expect them to maybe take a lead early because the Bills, if you're going to nitpick anything, Nick, haven't they been kind of slow starters throughout the year? They've had some slow starts in the first half. They've had a ton of turnovers in the first half of games, a ton of just like random mistakes uh, that have killed drives. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bills, they're kind of knocking the rust off after, you know, Josh Allen and, and his girlfriend, Brittany, there. They threw the big Halloween bash. The Bills have been kind of chilling all week. Now we're back at it. We're facing a Green Bay team. They got punched in the mouth by Washington. They've lost a few games now. They're looking to get back on track. I could see it kind of being a dogfight in the first half before the Bills kind of get their bearings and pull away late. So I think it's going to be a good ball game, which makes me really look at this line at 10 and a half. And I'm kind of right down the middle. Uh, but I think I have a take on what I want to do betting wise. But what do you think? Yeah, really tough one to, I think, call because you look at Aaron Rodgers, you're like, wow, you're going to give him 10.5 points. But, and on top of that, the Packers do have the best pass defense in the NFL. Of course, they are playing against the best pass offense. Yeah, they haven't seen the Bills yet, but yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Statistically, they are one versus one here. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I personally am going to go with the Bills in this one. I know we might be split here, Ryan, but uh, yeah, I might take the Bills to cover that. And I think, 
mostly just because of maybe like a six-point game late, something like that. Uh, Packers need to stop, and, uh, you know, uh, they can't stop the Bills, and they get another touchdown, and all she wrote. And then maybe the Packers are going down the field with four minutes left. There's no reason for them to kick a field goal, and they go for the touchdown, and, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, blames everyone else but himself. That sort of thing can, can unravel. And that's kind of kind of maybe what I see if I'm taking the Bills uh, ten and a half, which is what I might do in this scenario. It's so true. On Sunday, he's like, I believe in our team. Nobody believes in us. I think this might be the best thing going to Buffalo as, as huge underdogs. And then on Monday, he's like, oh, we better start benching guys who aren't playing very well. It's so true. You brought that up last segment. <laughs> I can't get that out of my head. It was a great point by you. Uh, if you're interested in where the public money is going, it's going on the Packers. Right now, according to USA Today's uh, sports data, 67% of the public money is on Green Bay. And I think the reason being is what you just said, Nick. You don't usually get to bet 10 and a half for a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes or Brady. You just never see that kind of line. So I think the public, which is very reactionary, you know, in terms of sports betting, is jumping all over 10 and a half for the Packers. They're saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers only has to lose by 10. I'll take that bet. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think I would bet that. I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to bet Packers uh, plus 10 and a half because I think the Bills are going to win and I, I, they could win by two touchdowns. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think they pull away in this game. But if I were betting it, I think I would either bet it live. I would see because I do think that Green Bay might have something in the first half. For some reason, I think the game will be close early and then maybe the Bills will pull away late. So if the Packers get a lead and the, and the live line comes down, I might look to bet the Bills live. That's one way to approach this. And I think another way, and again, I've been talking about our track record, so I'm, I'm by no means an expert uh, sports better, folks. So you know, don't take this and, and throw all your betting units on it. But I think I would take the Packers' first half spread, right? Like if I get Packers plus six, plus six and a half, something like that. Anything over five and a half. I think I would pick the Packers first half line. I I just think the game's going to be closer in the beginning. I think the Packers could lead early. I think they'll trade punches early on. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills come out a little rusty, if they have a turnover in the first half, which they've basically had every single freaking game this year, whether it's a interception or a fumble or something. They've always had something freaking happen in the first half of these games, it seems. So I think that's where I would probably place my money Packers first half if it's over five and a half and uh, Bill's live line if that line comes down a little bit ten and a half is kind of that's expensive uh, so that's what I'm kind of thinking Nick I don't hate the lot you you got my head turning like you know Roscoe sometimes when I yell at him you know he turns his head Roscoe um, Roscoe said I love it <laughs> yeah yeah Roscoe mentioned gotta, gotta get it in for it in the pod but uh, I do like that live but idea I mean I see the Packers you know at least starting with a field goal, maybe, you know, they, especially, if, uh, you know, nobody circles the wagons or defers to the second half like the Buffalo Bills. So <laughs> yes, yes. See the Packers getting the ball first. Good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah getting getting a nice little field goal. Bring that, bring that spread down a little bit. Something a little tastier, something closer to touchdown after one drive, maybe. At least under 10. I like that. I like that, Ryan. You convinced me on that. And then the halftime one, too, as well. Yeah, I actually don't hate that because the Bills, you know, that's been – not, not their bugaboo because, you know, they don't score a touchdown in the first drive and they win 41 to 10. Like, you know, <laughs> right, you know right, I mean? right. It's, it's like it doesn't sink them, but it, it does keep things a little bit closer in, uh, in a couple aspects of the game. So, yeah, I don't hate either of those, Brian. Those are those are real nice. And I, I usually do sprinkle a little bit of a, of a prop bet or two on the Bills are playing. I don't always bet them outright, you know, but 
I was thinking maybe I'll just, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'll take some alternate tea spread, tease them down to like under under a TD, you know, six and a half or something. You know, you're not gonna you're gonna get a little bit of a better line. It's not gonna be crazy, you know, when you're going down from ten and a half to six and a half. But uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of you kind of convinced me. I, now I gotta now I gotta think about this all week, Brian. Come on, you know, I, yeah. you know, I just had a weekend in New Orleans, and now you got me thinking about live stuff. And yeah, all you're still you're still in recovery, so I'm sorry to do that to you. Uh, I am. Uh, and then, you know, when I convince somebody of something, it usually turns out to go the other way, uh, you know, but I just think, you know, that that Pittsburgh game that the Bills had, that's kind of an outlier, right? Where they just kind of jumped on them in, at the beginning and just kind of crushed them, crushed their spirit right off the jump. Like usually the Bills, they're, they're one of those teams that just kind of wear you down. It's like they just keep coming and coming and coming and maybe you get a couple stops early, but it's just Josh Allen and that team and they just keep coming at you. And by the third or fourth quarter, you're just like enough of this. I, I can't, we can't deal with this team anymore. They're just, they're just too much. Right. And they just wear you down over the course of a game and then the score gets out of control. Uh, but it's not always like that in the beginning. So that that's just, you know, that's just where I came up with that idea. I'm like it. That's, yeah. that's what, that's what I'm going to do, Nick. And we'll see if I lose some of my precious betting units, but I feel pretty good about it. Oh, well, of course we're going to lose betting units, right? That's all we do in this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, in this in this game too, one thing we'd be remiss to not mention is season open at the Rams. Continue versus the Titans at Dolphins at Ravens versus the Steelers at Chiefs. What am I getting at? A lot of home the Bills, games. Well, the not only yeah, Bills home games they have smoked the opposition in their home games so far this year. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, the Titans they got it, and the Steelers they got you know not a lot of home. And we're back in Buffalo, baby. So Good we're point. back in Orchard Park, and I think that being a home game too. I think that sixty-seven percent of the public is forgetting about that. That the Bills at home have a fortress so far this year. And, yeah. uh, Sunday night football should be fun. Can't wait for all the. Uh, costumes you know we'll see josh allen the uh <laughs> yeah here's our our live golf segment but we'll see if he dressed up as phil mickelson again <laughs> yeah he'll do something i mean and then how many how many cutaways will they have of like the bills from you know josh and Brittany's halloween party like you know oh yeah, yeah, yeah. how many how many bills players will we see in their in their costumes from that party over the bye week i'm sure we'll see something during the broadcast which is probably going to go up on uh hint hint wink wink Shameless plug, probably going to go up on Bill's Wire. Oh, that'd be a great post. Track down, track down enough of them, you know. Yeah. So if you guys, uh, if you guys need to go see some Buffalo Bills Halloween costumes, you will have them at BillsWire.usatoday.com. Love it. Oh, you're always going to get that plug in, and, and folks should definitely be checking out Bill's Wire and Nick's work on there and his crew. They do a great job breaking everything down. Everything you could think of regarding the Bills is broken down on that site. So check it out. I hope everybody, including you, Nick, is recovered from the bye week. And ready to go by this weekend. That's kind of where especially, I'm at. First off, especially including me. All Nick, right? anyone, Nick feeling himself off the mat in, on Bourbon Street and still yeah. showing up for the podcast this week, even though you don't know what day it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not sure the day of the week. I, am, I know what ends in Y. That's all I know. <laughs> Nick, Nick breathing fire and spitting fire this week on the podcast. I love it. It was good stuff, as always. So... Uh, Who's not looking forward to this? Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, Sunday night, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and Nick and I will be back after that one to break it all down. Thanks for joining us again. Hit subscribe if you could. And we'll talk to you next week. Go, 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 go.
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.